All right, so welcome back, everyone. Today we have Justin Ishak back on the show. Um, I think today it's our second most viewed episode. Um, and we had a really good conversation last time about some of the, uh, well, I suppose we had a, a more holistic conversation about religion <laughs> because uh, our very first uh, bringing up of that topic on the show was just Alec and I. So um, yeah, Justin, you wanted to start off with something that you had heard um, on our show with another guest, uh, yeah. as it pertains to the, I suppose, the spreading of faith and how to go about doing that. So uh, go ahead. Yeah, for sure. Um, first of all, thanks for having me back, guys. This is awesome. Um, I, after the first conversation, I, I was really hoping that we would be able to kind of continue this on. So this is great. Um, but yeah, so I, I remember uh, I was listening to uh, the episode with Lance on it, where y'all were talking about faith. And I, I, I and you can correct me if I'm wrong in how I uh, kind of recount this, but um, I remember it being a conversation about how um, I think Lance brought, or you guys brought up the whole, the thought about sharing the word, right? Being able mm -hmm. to talk to other people about um, faith as a whole. And, and I, I think the thought came up for me as well, that like, I actually do agree that um, I don't know many other, uh, like, I guess, religious um, worldviews that, put the stress on sharing the word as much as Christians would, right? Mm -hmm. As much as a, as a Christian or Catholic would, although, um, although I'm sure there are other religions that, that do talk about it, but, um, and, and how kind of having to draw the line between like wanting to share your faith, um, but then also doing it in a way that comes across as, or that doesn't come across as shoving it down somebody's throat or cocky or prideful or I'm better than you kind mm -hmm. of thing. Right. Um, and then I remember the, the, there, was a, there was a point that was brought up. There was something along the lines of like faith or religion or belief should be and ought to be personal yeah. kind of thing, right? It ought to be like, yeah, it, it's, it's my belief. It's what I believe in. And as long as you're not kind of, as long as I'm not encroaching on yours, then we're good. Like we can mm -hmm. live in harmony kind of thing, right? And I don't know, like I, I, coming from obviously growing up and kind of subscribing <laughs> to the Christian worldview, the, the thought that comes to mind for me, um, and I'd want to hear y'all's thoughts about this because- um, it, it has something to do with our belief in, in, in God, in Jesus Christ, and in what happens afterwards, right? In mm -hmm. the afterlife, right? Like if, if you believe in the Bible, you know that there's a heaven and a hell and all of that, right? And mm -hmm. so for me personally, the, the reason, like the driver for me to have to share, even if I wanted to keep silent about my faith, right? Like the driver for me to talk about it, to tell people about it, um, and obviously you could run away with this in many different directions, but it's the thought that if I know, if I know, or if I believe, and if I know that in the afterlife, there's a hell. And if I know that somebody that I care about or I love could be heading in that direction, then I ought to do everything in my power to, to save them from that. Mm -hmm. Right. Or to try and get them from going that way. Right. That logically follows. Like if I believe what I believe, logically speaking, I, I ought to. And if I do care about somebody, then I must share my faith. Right. Sure. I must I must like talk to somebody about it to at least let them know, like, look, this is what I believe. And if this is true, then then I, I'm, I'm, I'm helping you more than mm -hmm. anything. Right. So I wanted to get y'all thoughts about that, just kind of like as an addition to that. Um, and obviously, in a, a, I guess the tone would be very important, right? I, I think there's people yeah, who talk yeah, about yeah. it in a way that's like, um, shut up, you're wrong. And um, it, it doesn't even come out as loving, you know, oftentimes, mm -hmm. um, or, or from that kind of a tone. But yeah, just a thought, you know. 
Oh, that's gonna be tricky because I've <laughs> I have a very differing opinion. Oh well, no, go, actually, dude, go. it's not an opinion. For, for me, I suppose it's more of a more of a belief. Uh, Alec, mm. do you want to say something to that? Because mine's gonna be a bit long. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's a tricky. It's one of those tricky situations where it can really go either way, and mm. um, as you said, it it does depend on the tone because sometimes you mm. get people who sort of preach in the way of yeah you're wrong and mm. this is the way mm. um and obviously it's 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 understandable the way you're saying and i do agree with it like obviously if you know something's going to happen and it's not good you mm. should and it, you can do something about it mm-hmm. you should try to do something about it yeah but i don't know religion is such a deeply interpersonal thing mm-hmm. and with the way society is throughout time it's been a very touchy subject for most mm-hmm. and yeah if anything people do get really defensive about it so for sure it, it is a really tricky thing um <laughs> i think the best the way i i see it the best thing to do if i was in your shoes or if i was someone trying to spread the word of a religion or a faith it's to just try to find the most peaceful way about it mm-hmm. i mean obviously i get it for some people because there is a sense of urgency like oh my god if you, if i don't spread this mm-hmm. people are going to go to this hellish place it's, it's mm-hmm. not going to be good i need to help mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. but it can also come off as in like all right you need to mm-hmm. you need to just go away you need yeah. to <laughs> <laughs> for sure right um so I really like what you said about, you know, if you know that someone's doing something that's going to bring in, bring harm towards them or have some serious consequences, obviously it is in your best interest as a good and normal human being to mm-hmm. try and prevent them from from carrying on, right? I I, I liken I liken that to, you know, if you're at work and working heavy heavy machinery and you see someone is you know, doing something that's about to get them killed, it's probably a good idea to be able to go over to that person and be like, dude, don't do this, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so likening that to spreading the word, I suppose, let's just call it that. Um, yeah. I completely get where that's coming from. Um, the issue I take very often, and like you said, I think it, I think it depends on tone, but for me, it also depends on the message. And it's, and it's for me, it's really tricky because... Um, as I stated in in the last time that uh, you were here, you know, I, I don't have a very religious sort of life, I suppose, but I do I do believe in a God. And, and especially recently, I have, again, I suppose, found for myself that I have, in a, in a way, I think, felt God's presence a couple times in my life. So for me, it's pretty clear that a God does exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and my my issue has always been, especially this is something that I've been reflecting upon, especially like now knowing that you're coming back on the show uh, for the past few weeks, and I've just been re- reflecting on the fact that like the, that presence that I felt, or that 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 sort of un, unending love is what I would describe it mm-hmm. as, right? And that this feeling of unending assurance that things are going to be okay. I cannot imagine that that same presence would hold some of the values or importances that many hardcore religious people uh, portray. For example, uh, there's there's a very prominent example, I suppose, the uh, the opposition to homosexuality, to, to homosexuality right? It's something mm. that um, in the Christian faith is, depending on, of course, on what circles you're 
you you are in is something that's very very much frowned upon and is often said to be you know one of the biggest sins and uh, mm -hmm. it's difficult for me to reconcile those two things it's dif difficult for me to say like hey i felt i felt this presence of god and felt this unending love and at the same time people are telling me that god would not accept someone who is a homosexual sure it's difficult for me to reconcile those two things and so like you said it it has to happen on a very personal basis. If someone believes in what they believe in, that's perfectly fine, right? Sure. Um, but especially in, in, in today's times, I find it's very difficult to reconcile some of the beliefs. And, you know, one could argue that that's, that's intentional because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we are supposed to be trying to live up to God's expectations. Um, but... And, Another thing that crossed my mind recently, because it's funny that you bring up this idea of heaven and hell, you know, if, yeah. if there are, if there is a reward or a punishment for the way that you live your life, right? And if we accept the fact that God is all loving and has given us free will, you know, first of all, why is there a punishment in place for something that God already knows is going to be our downfall, right? Which is, which is yeah. our free will. And I find it strange that is that it is often preached or, or, or said that you know, the devil is the antithesis to God, right? Mm. And yet, for some reason, both of them, you know, there's always this idea of making a deal with the devil, and there are certain requirements that come with that. You have to, you know, serve and and and, and worship the devil. And so, mm. if the devil is the antithesis to God, why do both of them have the same requirements to enter their domain? Mm. In what in what sense? Because God, like, especially a lot of Christians always say that, 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 that in, in order to, to live a good Christian life, you have to right. spread the word. You have to live right. in accordance to God's expectations. You have to worship God. You have to, uh, there's this whole set of rules that you have to live by. Okay. And, um, you know, again, this is something that's a very hot topic in these discussions, this discussion of free will. Uh, you know, why give yeah. us something that we obviously cannot handle, you know, uh, with the with the knowledge that there are certain expectations that God wants us to live up to in order to come into his domain. Wow. Oh, we're getting there, boys. This is, this is a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you guys here. I am. Um, I. Oh, wow. OK. Um couple of things just to kind of uh, if i if i could kind of order it right like the sure. i mean we're talking about um we're talking about again the just the the thought of the thought of the afterlife the thought of heaven and hell and the thought that for some reason right for some reason we've been placed on this earth with the ability to determine or with the yeah with the power or the choice to determine mm -hmm. where we're going right but then once we've made that choice you don't exactly have a choice once you're there right like that that that's taken away like you made your choice kind of thing it's that kind of a Very thought true. process right um and then yeah like the, the the question then comes up why give us free will why 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 give us this ability to to um to yeah. choose with Sorry. the knowledge that we go ahead go ahead i had to interrupt you but like <laughs> i just got reminded of a, a point that i also wanted to bring up uh which is sure. which, which was important to me this 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 idea that god is all loving and mm. um you know, all forgiving. Is it not possibly one of the cruelest things to do to to your to your own creation to give it free will yeah. with a certain set of expectations, knowing that it will fail? 
<laughs> okay yeah i hear you okay i got you i got you um i'm just gonna talk all right yeah, i'm, yeah, gonna, I'm gonna, gonna i'm gonna talk I, like i i want us to like yeah and then like we can go off we can branch out into however many Absolutely. like kind of discussions we can go into but this is this is uh, i'm sharing with you guys like again how how i've read the bible what i know about the story um how i've grown up being taught as well i guess mm -hmm. but as as i guess clearly as i could put it this is how i understand it right Go and for so um yeah absolutely so we've got um we've got a god that is that is good right we've got a god that before we existed before the beginning of time all that stuff we've got a god that is good that is loving in himself that doesn't need us mm. as human beings right he doesn't need us like we, it, there's something that i learned when i was younger which was pretty cool like about how god wasn't lonely so he created human beings right he was mm -hmm. already kind of in the trinity you had the father son holy spirit so he had community in himself right like there was no um there wasn't any kind of need to create a human being or whatever but he did it out of again out of his goodness it's just his character it's who he is mm -hmm. kind of thing that's that's how i kind of grew up learning that right but <clears throat> why then again so he creates his human beings to glorify himself and it says in the bible that he creates them in our image in their image in god's image mm -hmm. right and that doesn't mean that we're exactly like him but that does mean that there are characteristics of us that kind of resemble who he is one of those things is our ability for for good mm -hmm. right or for evil like that kind of a thing right like that that kind of that choice and and i don't know the way i've always understood like to answer that question or at least the way i it's come to rest in my heart um the idea of why why give us again why give us free will right like we, we see all that's happening right now in the world you know you see you see the wars going on you see people who just have like why are you a leader if you're just going to do go ahead and pull that trigger yeah. you know like why are you, if you're going to push that button and go uh kind of um authorize this the the, the killing of this many people you know like what, what are you what are you doing you know like why kind of thing and so you see the evil in the world and you're like why why do we have this kind of free choice and and the, the way i've always kind of understood it is um exactly what you said lewis is he's a god of love right mm -hmm. and love by nature right if you take the nature of love, love by nature necessitates the person who you love if, if you want this person to love you back by nature they must have a choice not to that's true right you can't like if i if 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 it was just me and another girl and she had no other choice mm. but to love me i i don't consider that love that 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 devalues that love that that person would have sure. right it would it almost like it, it yeah that for 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 good to truly be good there must be another choice outside of that if that makes sense you know like you have to choose the other way um i don't know if i'm wording that properly but so so that's that's kind of what that's how i would necessitate um the ability to choose the ability to you know like free will and, and mm -hmm. even the knowledge that um and, and yeah even if it, like for 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 love to have the upper hand or like for good to have the upper hand over evil in any way um would then again make it make it less valuable to choose good if that mm -hmm. makes sense if there was more of a weight that way you know um that's just kind of my thought process about it like we, we need to have the choice for us to express our love somehow and and we messed that up at some point right like we chose not to um and obviously there's so much more but I, i'll pause there and just want to get you like i mean if anybody wants to say mm -hmm. anything about that first you know alec 
No, I mean, never really thought of it that way in the sense of we are given free will so that when we do choose to go by God's expectations or his teachings, it's that much more meaningful. Mm. Yeah. Because I've always had that traditional thought of like, you know, if if God's this powerful, all-knowing, all-loving, why doesn't he just, you know, create things in an orderly way Mm. and things could be in a sense, some some sort of utopia or, you know, dystopia, depending on how you view things. But yeah, I know that. Yeah, that's actually good. And it, I will say, sorry, Lewis, real quick, like the because because the opposite. I, I, someone told me this before, but the opposite would be <coughs> kind of like yeah, it, in our in our heart of hearts, like we see the opposite being less less cool. Like again, we if we're talking to somebody, and this is where it gets personal and it gets harder. If you're talking mm. to somebody, let's say who uh, this guy shot their mom. You know, mm. God forbid, you know, like the, a, a loved one of theirs was shot by somebody. And that person would then come up to me and be like, why didn't God stop them from pulling the trigger? Mm. You know, that that's like, <laughs> how am I supposed to answer that? You know, like, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. like have an answer for all knowing God, but I do know that that person who pulled the trigger had the free will to do so. Mm. Right. Like, that's all I can say. Like, if God took away the trigger, if God took away the ability for that, then again, you're, you're taking away the capacity for anything of any substance to happen. Absolutely. Right, because everybody's yeah. just doing what they what God wants them to do, mm. or whatever. So yeah, I mean, it's like you know, you can't really have much light without having shadows along with it. So you can't exactly. have good without bad. You can't have bad without good because they're very much interconnected in a way. For sure, for sure. I mean, exactly. like you look at the war in Europe right now. Like, yeah, this war is going on, but it's the first time in a long while since Europe has been kind of been united in a sense, mm. and Ooh. that resulted in such a bad thing which is the war in ukraine man yeah you know i'm glad that you bring up the point that um you know it is believed that god created us in his image because that to me honestly is the explanation to a lot of i suppose the evil that goes on uh uh here and uh again this is another one of my very very controversial i suppose uh opinions but like you know, if, if we look at the way humans are, we have such an immense capacity for good. You know, there are there mm. are people out there and there, everyone has the capacity for an unthinkable amount of goodness and love. But every human also has the capacity for an unthinkable violence and, you know, the, the, the ability to inflict this violence upon others. Um, and I think, you know, it's in my opinion, it is not too far-fetched to believe that if our God created us in his image, that our God is not in some way a similar way. Um, Mm. Which is why I personally don't believe in the antithesis to God being the devil, because I I think that God is both loving and good, and yet God can also be violent and evil. Mm. Because, again, we we are an absolute reflection of that. Mm. um and so for again for me the uh for me personally the answer to why god would give us free will is because he understands he gives us free will out of the goodness of his heart and yet Mm. i suppose the other side to that is that he expects something in return Mm. interesting interesting i like that that's the the whole loving thing like if you if you're all powerful i don't think you could be all loving exactly yeah yeah Mm. 
to me, there are there are certain characteristics that that that, that we at least learned in the Bible and, <clears throat> and in school that to me are completely conflicting. Right. It, it's very difficult to be all powerful and yet have some kind of an antithesis to to yourself. You know, if mm. if, if you have the power to to take something out of existence, why wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, and there's a lot of like this contradiction or conflicting um, views within any kind of religion, but particularly sure. in Christianity, right? Um, just for one example, he's all loving and yet he hates gays. Mm. Okay. I, no, sorry. I get excited <laughs> with this kind of stuff. This is the stuff that gets me going for sure. Um, I love what y'all brought up. And I think this is, I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest here. I, um, this is where I would disagree with a lot of mainstream Christianity today. There's, there's a lot of, there's, there's a, there's a mainstream um, culture of Christianity today that, and again, like this, this goes into other stuff, but like, I mean, again, the Bible talks about how, again, I, I don't think Christianity was ever meant to be mainstream, right? Like we were never mm-hmm. meant, like they were always the minority, especially in the Bible, right? Like the stories, they were, they were the persecuted ones, they were the lesser you know, all that. So the minute Christianity becomes mainstream, you know, there's something about it that's a little bit off. Like they're, they're subscribing to something that might be, um, yeah, just again, they're, they're watering down something, you know, mm-hmm. that's just my own personal view. But um, the, the idea that God is all loving, um, he is love. God is love, right? He is like that. That's, that's, I, I, I wouldn't want to touch that kind of a, a thought process. I think yeah, I where we, I think where we go wrong is how we define love mm. um, and how we define all loving, you know, um, because we, we, we take that and then we forget. And I think I brought this up before that, that God is, God is just as well. Mm. Right. Um, in his love, he must be just he, in his love. He must hate things that destroy us mm. as people. Right. And so it, it's the same thing. Like, again, I, being being men being people who I, i'm assuming lewis uh, or alec brought up earlier that he he was hardcore dad mode uh like over his vacation a few weeks ago right yeah. um i'm assuming i i don't know if you guys want to be fathers in the future you know um but uh it, it, like kind of being in the point of view of a father you'd be a weak ass father if somebody was going up to beat up your kid and you didn't want to do anything about it Very true. right like as a dad like lo- a loving father would beat up that guy who's you know like would at least defend the child your child right somebody who you care about you would be violent in yeah. the name of love right um absolutely and so yeah. yeah right and i think that's that's what you were talking about earlier lewis is that that love does not remove the option of violence if it's if it's in the name of defending the thing that you love most absolutely right you, you, Go. yeah you know I hate to interrupt you again. Sorry. No, no, no. Go, dude. Go. Um, go. You know, I really like that point that you just brought up because, and I suppose this is a step away from what we're talking about. But like, what really bothers me yeah. about um, sort of the, the the definition of masculinity or the modern definition of masculinity uh-huh. in, in the West nowadays is this idea of soft, submissive men, and I totally disagree with that because I think I think that a a good man is a man capable of violence, mm-hmm. but he's gentle. Yes. I think that is a perfect, for me, a perfect reflection of what God is like, because, mm-hmm. because God is absolutely capable of being gentle, but he has the power to be violent. Mm. Yeah. The Bible yeah. uses the word meek. So it's like sure. controlled yeah. strength, right? It's controlled yeah, yeah. strength. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. And uh, 
you know that's and I like I really like that you bring up the uh the whole aspect of like what it means to be a good father because I see it so so often nowadays and like unfortunately I know some people who like also raise their child this way where they're like you know yeah. uh we don't want to set any boundaries because you know our child needs to explore for themselves which I think no yeah are, you know <laughs> especially and maybe this is because I grew up you know in the Philippines and with a more traditional mother I suppose and my father's mm -hmm. my father also comes from even though he's German comes from a more traditional family and I yeah. you know for me, the father figure and people are going to hate me for saying this, but the father figure in a family is there to, to, I suppose, dictate or, or show what proper values are. Mm. To and enforce, to sort of, I would say yeah. enforce, like and enforce those exactly. values. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And to lead the family to some form of goodness, whatever it is. Right. And, you know, for me, goodness doesn't have to mean, and this is just my opinion, doesn't have to mean that, the, that a family is brought up in a, religious aspect obviously some people will disagree with mm -hmm. that but i sure. believe that there are certain morals and values that 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 do reflect being a good person and uh yeah i think it is absolutely a father's duty not only to to instill these values upon his children but also to to live those values and like mm -hmm. i said if if we call it meekness then it is meekness i think that's very important you know, showing your son or your daughter that you have the capability to be very loving, but once bounds are overstepped, you know, there are consequences. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, when, when I was younger, because my dad was the type, he was, he's a very patient guy, very quiet, mm. you know, very patient. But if I overstepped or if I did something that was wrong, like when he spoke, I'd like... I listened, you know, yeah, like yeah, I yeah. shut up kind of thing. It's that kind of a thing. I know what you mean. Yeah. And, and like one could say that, that, that that's a little commanding or that's domineering and stuff, but I, I can't explain. And maybe this is, maybe this isn't substantial because it's just off of my own experience, you know, mm -hmm. but uh, I will say that while, while there was that fear slash respect factor when he spoke that came with a safety, Yeah. you know, like a feeling mm -hmm. of like, I, I feel protected by my dad even yeah. though he's doing that you know like it's like a, yeah. he's he's speaking up and he's telling me not to do that thing but i i feel safe not doing that thing because he told me not to you know like it, it's that kind of a thought process I absolutely, I don't know if that makes yeah, sense. yeah growing yeah. up my dad my father was about the same like he, same right yeah. you know he, you know he was working all the time and you know we didn't really talk much because we were all kind of off doing our own thing mm. but whenever he did raise his voice or he brought us into his office to like give us yeah. a talking to it was like okay i need to shut up now yeah. <laughs> but you know, there was a sense of fear but it was only a fear of yeah he's pissed and i need to listen it was yeah. like, oh i need to get out of here it was mm -hmm. okay and i do need to listen because he rarely does this exactly mm -hmm. and and i think that's a very important distinction to make between what is a good father and what is an abusive father because a good yes. father is someone who will will summon you to give you a dressing down you know mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. usually a proper one if if he if you know mom isn't able to get the point across yeah that's <laughs> gonna do it but um uh, you know a good father is a father who will summon you for a dressing down and yet you're afraid of the dressing down but not because you know you feel you feel like you're going to be hurt an abusive mm -hmm. father is someone who you are afraid for your life to go inside that office yes. you know and i think that's Absolutely. um sorry no you go ahead then i'll uh... No, no, no. I, I was just agreeing. I was saying absolutely. Oh, right. So go ahead, um, Adam. Go ahead. And I think that's how most, I don't want to say decent Christians, but um, 
people who are faithful kind of view God as. Mm-hmm. It's like, sure. yes, you should fear his power, but it's mm. because of that power and that he doesn't actually like use it to incite such wrath. Mm. Mm. Well, depending on how you view the stories of the Bible. Yeah. Um, that you should come to respect that and love him as well. Absolutely. The same way no. that, you know, how we view our fathers giving us a talking to. For sure. For sure. If I, there, there's a verse that talks about, right? Like if, if, if you, like he's talking to fathers, right? If you, though you are sinful, like, as, again, we're not perfect, right? If you, though you are sinful, mm. know how to give, give, give good gifts to your children, how much more me yeah, as the perfect true. father, you know, like suppose, like, again, believing him to be the perfect father, he, how much more, how much better would he be, right? And so I think that brings it back to that point um, that we were talking about, right? So a good, again, him being a good God, he must hate sin, mm. right? Like, because he's good, because he's perfect, because he's loving, he must hate sin because sin is the, if you want to say, uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I don't know if I, I, I actually agree with you, Lewis. I don't see Satan or the devil or even evil as something that is on par with God in terms mm. of his power right? Like the Bible actually talks about like Satan's not going to Satan. When we were kids, we saw cartoons of Satan, like being the, on the throne of hell, right? Yeah. Like the Bible didn't talk, like the Bible says he'll be thrown into hell along with everybody else, right? Like Mm. he's not, he's, he's going to get what's coming to him kind of thing as the devil. Like he's not going to, God's going to be triumphant over him and defeat him. He's just, he's being allowed for mm. now i guess you know to roam the earth and to do what he does but but he's he's getting what's coming to him as well kind of thing you know like that's that's how i've understood it in the word but again i think that's where it comes from like how, how can a good god um how can a good god that like allow there to be a hell mm. because he's good mm. you know because he's he he loves those who because he loves his character and he loves goodness and he loves love it's not that it like and he created us with the potential for that Mm. you know he created us as human beings with the potential to to buy into that but for those who don't like that's it and i guess that's it it talks about also sorry i'm rambling a little bit but go ahead um there there's there's a verse in the bible that talks about again like um god is god is not slow to fulfill his promise it talks about how he is coming back and he is going to judge right but why is he, why is he being patient now? Why is he not ending the world now? Why is he allowing things to happen now? Because he wants people to come to repentance, you know, like Mm. he's giving us the time to, to wake up and realize, look, like this is, this is not the way things should go, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and come to me or come to me and all of that. But that, again, that's like step three would be the thought about what he did to save us, right? How he, how he opened the door back to him and back to heaven and all of that while we all messed up, while we all deserve hell, you know, like mm-hmm. he sent, he sent a way, like he gave us a way to get back to him. So that, that would be Jesus. Right. But that, that's the, that's the whole kind of, that's how I understand the gospel to be, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, that's yeah. Yeah. The issue with talking about stuff like this is that it's often so like, I don't know how you say it, but like it, it, it's really difficult to come to to words sometimes because you sort of think mm. like yeah you know i got i get that mm-hmm. but uh yeah. i think yeah. sorry if i may like i did you guys want to say something am i interrupting or should i no, no no go ahead okay i think one of the things that um alec brought up too i think this is where it gets 
like where the rubber hits the road right because on the whole like on in the big picture that sounds like you said it sounds like it makes sense right mm. but then when we talk about the specific things that god considers wrong according to his word right like why would god quote unquote hate homosexuality i wouldn't mm. say he hates the gays i would say he hates the sin of homosexuality and so if somebody's going to own that for themselves then that would i mean again it's the thought that you are you are choosing to rebel against the law that god created and all of that you know but that, that's the right. and then we think about we think about um somebody who i care about who truly is like in their heart of hearts they seem like a good dude you know like this guy's a good person he really is you know like and he does his best to live life in a good way he he wouldn't say he's a christian he would probably say he's an atheist but he's a good guy by mm. but you know like he hasn't killed anybody hasn't done these things um and he gives to the poor and all of that how can this person then be going to hell you know <laughs> like that yeah. kind of a thought process that's where it, i think it gets um i don't know it, those can go so many different ways but that that's yeah that, that's where it sucks to kind of talk about you know yeah exactly you know i think i think it's almost meaningless to have the discussion of what is actually sinful in 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 god's eyes because and you know i i come at this from sort of a more objective and a slightly less subjective uh, way of looking at things but if we look back to the time where the bible where the books in the bible were written right and this you know mm. it's obviously a very big time span and mm. you know there are certain books that are no longer in the bible um mm. and what we see there is that you know there are obviously many there's a large margin of error um in the original message, I suppose, because you lose things through translation, you lose things through the changing of culture, you mm. lose things through, um, you know, I'm, I'm almost convinced that there are certain translations of the Bible that would be more accurate, I suppose, in air quotes, that have yeah. been lost to certain tragedies, like the burning of books because of culture wars, because of mm -hmm. uh, wars in general, you know, the loss of the original message in favor for a message that was portrayed or perpetrated by institutions that sought, you know, power. Mm. And so that's why I think, you know, as much truth as there is in the Bible, I think that there is also a lot of stuff in there where I just kind of go like, well, you know, it's pretty easy to explain away why this is in there. And it's because huh. it is, it is due to a want for power or it is, you know, <laughs> It's also a very strong cultural thing. I mean, nowadays, if you look at, you know, what Middle Eastern culture is like, which is sort of the origin of many of these stories, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then you look at humans in the same time period from Nordic regions, from South America, from, uh, from North America, everything's totally different. Mm. And so that's where I think a lot of this error comes from. You know, uh, and again, like I said, there is, I would say that, 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 that the Bible is for the most part filled with truth, but there's also a lot of stuff in there. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Um, stuff like what? Yeah. Um, I, I forget how it is phrased in the Bible, the whole homosexuality thing. Um, mm -hmm. something with a man shall not lay with another man. So, yeah. something like that mm -hmm. um something a man should not lay with a man as with a woman 
yeah. that's the that's the, the term yeah there we if go. i'm not mistaken yeah, yeah. uh that's also this whole idea you know i've but again this is just because because uh, of the person that i am I've, I've always had this like struggle and we talked about this last time with this idea mm. of abstinence before marriage because mm. you know that's such a that that's such a basic human thing you know and it, and like here's the thing it's it's not just basic in the sense that like everyone has this urge because everyone does but like mm. it's so essential to the survival of our of our species yeah and um you know even though i believe in the monogamous family biologically seen it doesn't make sense for humans to be bound to a single partner right at, at yeah. least not at least not permanently sure um and so th- there's just a whole bunch of stuff like that where I think to myself, like, okay, you know, there is a cultural meaning behind this, because obviously back then, if you, and we spoke about this last time, if you were a woman who got pregnant by some guy who just, like, doesn't really care, and then sort of leaves, mm. you're fucked, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so those, that scripture is in there to protect from that situation. Mm. Whether or not God really hates that, I don't know. That, okay, I yeah. hear you. I hear you. Um it, down a couple of things did we talk about homosexuality last time did we i'm not sure if we did no. like actually like I don't think we explicitly did. right no we, we, we didn't depth we mentioned it mentioned yeah it, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. i remember yeah no i uh, i'm with you guys on on see so that that's my thing i, I think i'm also coming from the point of view of um god god's law whatever god like whatever god said if, if all we subscribe to, right, like this is my thought process, um, and before I address the whole homosexuality thing, if, if all I subscribe to um, in terms of laws are things that I agree with, then that's not God's law, that's mine, right? Yeah. Like, is that kind of a thought process, right? Like, we, we, if all we subscribe to are things that, that make sense for us, mm. then, then we might be in danger of subscribing to something human and not... Yeah not above us kind of thing. Right. And so cherry picking what you want to see. Yeah, exactly. So, so just the the whole idea of subscribing to a law outside of yourself kind of necessitates that you will be uncomfortable with some of it. Right. That that's, that's the first part. Mm. Um, But the second part, when it comes to homosexuality, yeah. Like I, I, again, I, 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 I don't, I want to be careful how I bring this up because none of this, like, while I do believe it's wrong Mm. again, based on the Bible, um, that does not, I, I also believe, and I think I told you this, I also believe that the church as a whole has gone about this mm. very backwards. Very, yeah. Like we've, we've not gone about it in love. We haven't, we haven't, we haven't treated those around us um, in a way. I, I don't think this is how, while, while God would not have, I don't, while Jesus would not have minced words, he wouldn't have held back in terms of saying like, this is wrong and this is against my way. Mm. I don't think he would have, like i still think he would have loved cared for welcomed into his house um Mm. ate with hung out with dined with Mm. um people who believe different things right people who are who who live in a different way right um and so that's where i'm at um the like as far as the abstinence thing as well like I, i i think on on the whole um because those are two different things. So the, the mm-hmm. homosexuality thing for me, I, I think it's pretty like, I think it's explicit in the Bible that it says again, that it, we, we ought not to uh, like God designed it to be a man and a woman. 
mm-hmm. kind of thing, right? Like God designed men and women, and that's like God designed a man to marry a woman, and that's how we ought to reproduce. That's how we ought to live, and all of that, right? I mean, it's um, the only way that the human race works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. true. Sorry. for sure. Yeah, exactly. It is what it I'm is. sorry. <laughs> yeah, biologically speaking, right? Yeah, biologically sperm speaking. and a woman's egg. Exactly. That's, that's kind of the only way that this whole thing works. I mean, nowadays, I saw this thing on TikTok yesterday where it was like two women, somehow, like one of them had their eggs fertilized and then it got like put into yeah. the other one because they were like a lesbian couple. And I was just kind of like, look, damn, do your thing. But like, none of that seems natural to me. Like, that, that's, yeah, yeah. 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 That's that what I was going to say. Artificial. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, happening. exactly. exactly. It, it's, yeah. It, it's a lot of gymnastics. And, yeah. and mm-hmm. I, I would say the same thing in terms of, because I, I know, so, Somebody who does not believe the Bible and practices homosexuality, like does not believe in God and does that, I have nothing to say to that because that's, that's your life again, yeah, right? Yeah, like sure. you've decided mm-hmm. that, right? So sure. um, what, what I do have issue against is somebody who subscribes to the Bible and believes that the Bible is the, the, the law of God and tries to, it, it, I, I feel like it's, you're doing more gymnastics trying to prove that God is okay with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then reading it, that, yeah. you get what I'm saying? The, exactly, yeah. exactly. Then reading it as it is, if that mm. makes sense. You know, yeah. like if you take it the easier way, that's what it says. Yeah. You know, um, and there's gymnastics to try and go against it. So, so again, if you don't believe it, I, I can't, you yeah. know, fine, sure. But if you do believe it, don't try and twist it, mm. if that makes sense. You know, um, so that's where I'm at when it comes to at least that that side with, mm. with the with the with um, abstinence and all that. I will say this, like the thought that came to mind when you're bringing it up, bro, is like, I, I remember that in the culture back then, I think we talked about this before, right? The culture back then, people were married at 14, 15, 16. The second you had, you started getting urges, you got married. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so there was no, but abstinence was not, maybe abstinence was in the sense that you wouldn't sleep with anybody else who's not your wife. Sure. Right. Yeah, That's yeah. the difference. It's not so much once I have urges, I need to hold it until I'm married, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, but that, that just goes back to how things kind of get lost over time in, in terms of sure. its translation and meaning, isn't it? Because yeah, as you sure. said, um, it could mean that abstinence was don't sleep with anyone else except your wife because we were married at like 13, 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Sure. And back then, that was because our life expectancy was extremely low. <laughs> like, <laughs> like 30. You had to get married because, you know, 14, 13 for them is like 30 for us. Yeah. And I will say that there's this, there's this joke that goes around now, like in Christian circles. So there's a, there's a, um, again, the, the whole like kind of, um, structure of marriage biblically right is mm-hmm. you're one you're literally one yeah, right yeah. like god has yeah. taken two people and made them one and um it, it something like your it, your body is no longer your own it's your wife's and mm-hmm. your wife's body is no longer her own it's yours right mm-hmm. there's there's a passage in the bible that literally says like do not withhold sex from each other mm-hmm. like except for a certain amount of time like if you're fasting or whatever sure and so yeah. there's there's just this joke that goes around like with with men or whatever like once they're married like that's the that's the thing you show your lady you yeah. know but <laughs> she's not feeling do not withhold sex from each other you know what's actually saying? really like, funny and i i learned this from a buddy of mine who's now a lawyer and he said like legally yeah. in germany if you are both catholics and you married in the church mm. and this marriage has been like sanctified and is registered with the state you can sue your wife for withholding sex from you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing here. That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. Hey, it's biblical. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> There's a like, guy like, married. He's like, oh, I don't feel like it, honey. Ah, yeah. I ah, ah, yeah. <laughs> because the guy 
in court can say we married under you know <laughs> under catholic terms and in <laughs> in the bible it says you know. <laughs> but dude, that's legit like again so we we also have marriage counseling right yeah. in mm-hmm. in and before you get married before a couple gets married when they're engaged they go through marriage counseling with like a married couple mm-hmm. and all that and i i do believe it's part of the contents like in those like those counseling sessions like it's like have sex often because we have urges right like that don't even try and fight that like we have urges go enjoy it that's a gift from god and sure. in the context of marriage, freaking go, you know, yeah. and go hard, yeah. you know, like do whatever and you enjoy know, it. I also understand the absence thing from the perspective of it is the ancient way to protect from things like sexually transmitted infections sure. from mm. unwanted children from, you know, you know, not just on the woman's perspective, but like from the man's perspective, if, mm. if the whole village knows that it's your child, right, they're going to hold you mm-hmm. accountable for it. And like, what if yes. you don't, what if you don't have the financial means to provide for the child, right? It, it is... I understand that the whole abstinence thing is a is a complete protection program from mm-hmm. you know like social disaster. Yeah. Right. And yeah. in that respect, I totally understand it. Um, mm-hmm. And I can actually get behind that. Nowadays, with some of and again, I suppose again we're doing gymnastics, right? We are right. we are we are um, using contraceptives, blah blah blah. But in that sense, a lot of that doesn't happen, right? Yeah. And so yeah. for me, for me, the purpose for that protection. I don't want to say it falls away, but it becomes less relevant. Um, sure. Nonetheless, you know, I, I'm not someone who advocates sleeping around because I think, you know, it's mm. it's morally a, in my opinion, a low thing to do, right? Mm. But uh, you know, if if you're with someone and you have the urge, as long as it's not like you know, just like a temporary thing, fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like Lewis and I talked about this before. It was like we, I. I think we're I'm correct in saying that both of us don't actually enjoy like going around like you know that mm. traditional young thing and like oh you know we need uh-huh. to sleep around we need to go to the pub and stuff yeah but you know if we're going to do it we want to do it with the right a right person a right person yeah mm-hmm. I rem- I think we we talked about that on our episode I'm not yeah. sure like I, I remember it kind of hearing about it um I'll I'll say this and and again full disclosure I two things number one I know um i i mentioned this before right like this is not coming from the point of view of somebody who has remained pure his whole life right Mm -hmm. by by like by god's standard you know what i'm saying like we've talked about pornography we've talked about lust we've talked about like all of that right um and so i i'm not speaking this from this point of view of somebody holier than thou as much as i'm just kind of saying what i know god's standard to be Mm -hmm. right um and that's where i would mention that like Again, I think on top of what you were saying, Lewis, in terms of um, like societally, um, mm. it's 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 beneficial to mm. a certain extent, right? It has been in the past. Um, it, I think there's something to be said for faithfulness as well, which is what you guys yeah. were talking about, right? Like mm-hmm. the, the the commitment, right? Commitment and and decide like if sex is the most intimate thing you can do with somebody, then there ought to be a a level of commitment that correlates to the amount that you're giving up to somebody. Yep. If that makes Absolutely. sense. Right. Like if yeah. I'm giving all of myself to you, I should know that you want to give all of yourself to me. Yeah. That kind of a thought process. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I recently got into like a little bit of like, I kind of got put in the hot seat in a conversation recently for saying that mm-hmm. like, if I were to become single again and I was on the dating market and I, I went on, 
on a date with a woman who said like oh i've had more than like 10 sexual partners i would kind of be like Ooh. okay you know it was nice with you but <laughs> no. let's just have a conversation yeah. please <laughs> yeah, exactly like no I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm done i don't need to see you again and, and, and it's yeah. not it's not this idea that like somehow that that's disgusting to me because you know like it's not really my fucking business mm. but i do hold a certain value on you know like you said commitment and for me mm -hmm. you know if you're 23 and you've had 10 sexual partners and you want to tell me that you've been committed to every single one of them so i don't really believe you sure. like, sure. <laughs> you know, you know? Sure. I, yeah. I have trouble believing that um yeah and i suppose that there is a double standard there but no you know. i'm with you bro yeah. I, I am sorry if, if i'm interrupting oh, no, um ahead. just I, i'm totally with you and i think the the point that i have in my head and this is yeah i, I guess this is I, I don't like this thought as well uh it doesn't ride well with me but the the thought that because we and i i respect that about you guys a lot right like and i i think we're, we're on the same page in terms of that where where we see that the repeated and yeah again this gets you in the hot seat but the yeah, repeated the repeated giving up of your body to somebody else um it, it, to not mince words it, it's it's degrading our bodies yeah in, in the sense right like morally speaking again morally speaking it, it's it's a degradation of the body to take something that we believe is it's important it's sacred it, it's in a sense emotionally spiritually it, it gives a lot of you away um but the repeated doing that um it, it, it's seen as quote unquote i guess morally lesser mm. in some sort of way shape or form right but if if we again if we as human beings can already see that disparity like how much more of a standard would a perfect god have sure compared to you know what i'm saying so that's where then i get worried because i'm i'm out here saying like yeah i've never had sex yet i haven't had sex yet but i mean like i've, I've other things whatever but i haven't i haven't had sex yet mm. and so i haven't given that away but the things that i've done the things that i've looked at the things that i've wanted even yeah, sure. right it, by that standard by a higher standard he ought to have a higher standard first of all because he's perfect right and mm. second of all like i'm that's where i would see myself as i'm in the same boat you know like i'm I'm no better yeah you know I'm, I'm no better than somebody who has had multiple sexual partners in the sense that i if i if i went with what my heart said every time i would be in the same place <laughs> sure you know like i'd, I'd be doing no, that I, too. I i totally get that <laughs> um i suppose i have a question for you um seeing as though you're someone who is on the way to becoming a spiritual leader um sure is there a distinction in God's eyes between someone who says, you know, okay, I, I, I see that I have my shortcomings and I know that what I'm doing is wrong. And, you know, I try to live a good life and, you know, I, I it is the way that it is. I've made mistakes and, you know, I mm -hmm. make mistakes every day and I'm aware of that. And, you know, I, I know I should be doing better, but for some reason I'm not and whatever that reason is. Right. And, mm -hmm. but, that overarching theme is, you know, I'm still out here trying to live a good life and, you know, mm. trying to be a good person versus someone who, who portrays themselves in this holier than thou way, you know, mm. always like sort of saying like, you know, this is what you should be doing, blah, blah, blah. And yet in the background does some of the same things that the other person does, but doesn't own up to it. Yeah. Yeah. I, man. You know, I, I think this, you guys brought this up with Lance as well, um, or kind of this thought came up when I was listening to Lance's podcast. 
um, because we talk about the institutions of religion as mm -hmm. well, right? Um, and again, there's that, there's that holier than thou, I'm better than you kind of mindset, but you're, you're rotten inside, yeah. you know, like straight, like no, no other way to go about it. And I thought about how, like, y'all know, like, again, Jesus, like hardcore opposed the religious institution of the day. Yeah. Right. The Pharisees, like he was mm. hardcore again. He called them whitewashed walls. If I remember mm. that saying, like y'all are clean on the outside. Sure. But mm. in or, uh, whitewashed tombs, sorry, I think it's yeah. whitewashed tombs. Like you, you are dead on the inside, but you're white mm. on the outside, you know, that kind of a thought process. And so I think that in a sense, yes, I agree. Like God talks about blessed are you if you're poor in spirit. Right. Mm. And I think that what you were just talking about, that first kind of person who knows that they're wrong, who admits that they're yeah. messed up, who admits that they're kind of, they have nothing to offer. Um, that's, that's step one, mm. right? That's step one to, to knowing God, in my mm -hmm. opinion, to, to being close to God again. It's, it's understanding your faults, understanding that you're not perfect and, and sure. being there, right? Mm. Um, so yes, I do, believe that, I do believe that God sees those two people differently in the sense that one person is, is, a, is more fertile soil for his seed to grow mm. in if that makes sense. I see what you're right? saying. Yeah. Um, I, I, in my head, um, the next step to that, the necessary next step, right? We talk about this again, like how a good God, again, has, has um, created people with free will, but we've gone away from his, his ways and all of that stuff. And we've, we've messed up. And so hell is waiting for us. That's what we deserve because mm -hmm. we fall short of his standard, right? But he decided I love these people. So I'm going to make a way for them to come back to me. Right. And that's mm -hmm. right. That's by me, my, by me kind of sending my son and him paying the price for it. And you have to believe in him for you to get to me. Right. And so mm -hmm. I think that that would be the next step. If, if you are poor in spirit, if you are somebody who realizes, look, it's not my way, I can't go by what my way because I've messed up. Yeah. My way has not worked. Then the next step would be, okay, God, what's your way. And then that would be through Jesus Christ. And that would be the stop. Like, it's not the striving. Stop trying to make yourself holy mm. for me. I, I think that's what you were talking about too, Lewis. I'm ranting again. I'm rambling again. But um, no worries. Um, I think that's what y'all were talking about too in Lance's where there, there's this, again, there's this heaviness to a Christian mm. life, right? There's this knowledge that, man, like, I'm never going to hit the standard. And it sucks to have to, like, why believe in a, in a way of life that just tells me constantly that I don't hit it, yeah, right? Yeah. That I don't hit it. And I think for me, what, like, that's both, yes, that's both humbling, but it's also, it's also freeing in the sense that he, it, the fact that I don't hit it also removes my expectation to hit it on this side of eternity. True. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm not expected to anymore because I know I'm not going to. Mm. It, it's there. It's a standard that I'm constantly trying to chase because I, because I agree that it's good, but I, I like, I know that, and I know I will hit it once I'm with him. Right. Like once mm -hmm. I am in heaven, once I am with him, then I am going to be fully like exactly what God wanted me to be, exactly what I want to be at this stage. But for this, uh, up until like for now, I don't have to get too down on myself if I fall because it's like sure. God's forgive me. He's washed me clean. And, and mm. I know that I know that he'll get me there, you know, so if that do, makes sense. So do you think that when the day comes where judgment is passed upon everyone? That if you are someone who says, okay, you know, I haven't lived a good Christian life. I really haven't, but I've tried to be mm. a good person and I, and I see my short, my shortcomings and I'm, and you know, I should have been better. Mm. You know, is that person forgiven or is there an issue there? 
Um, I think the question, I think the question that's going to be asked of us, based on what I see in the word, um, is in whom have you believed? Mm. That's the question. Um, because, it, like you said, I, it, we, the, there's the acknowledgement that you follow. I, I think about the thief on the cross. The, the guy, mm. you guys know that story where like, yeah. there's, there's two thieves and one guy was like, God, if you're God, you should bring us down. And the other guy's like, Lord, just remember me when yeah. you get to your kingdom. And Jesus is like, on this day, you're going to be in paradise mm. with me, right? Like Jesus literally had him come into heaven kind of thing. I think what they're saying there is, again, this guy didn't even have an opportunity to do any better. Mm. He was dying on the spot, yeah. right? But he, he went to the right person mm. to get to heaven. Does that make sense? Like he, he, sure. he, he went through the way that was allotted him. Mm-hmm. kind of thing and so that i think that's the question that's going to be given to us it's not what you did because again it's been established we can't all <laughs> right? of us like, fucked like up. we can't yeah, yeah. exactly we yeah. all did right yeah, like yeah. we can continue to live a good life but and that's a beautiful thing you mm-hmm. know that's a beautiful thing but i think bro this is maybe this is where i'd like i'd want to i don't know if we've got an answer to this yet mm what then would be the difference, right? Like what separates somebody who, like you said, is acknowledges that they're messed up, but they're trying, mm-hmm. right? What's the difference between somebody who is trying and knows that they're not there versus somebody who, same thing, messed up, knows that they're not there, but they're trying, but has accepted Jesus Christ. If we're going to use that terminology, right? Sure. That age yeah. terminology. Yeah. Like what, what's, what's the difference? Mm. right and I, i'd like yeah tricky that's the thing with these questions that's the thing with yep. these discussions you get more questions than answers yeah yeah sure sure, sure. Very true yeah um you know to a branch off of that i suppose when when that day does come and uh someone has lived you know just a normal human life let's just call it that mm. you know mm. Um, and they are then asked who did they believe in? And, you know, in their heart, they always believed in God, but they did not live a Christian life. Mm. What happens there? Cause it's kind of like, you know, it's like, it, you're sort of halfway there, but not really. You know? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure. Oh man. Um, it's difficult. I know. I, I know it's hard to answer that question. And I, I hate to put you on the spot, but like, you're no, here, dude, so. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 I'll, I'll tell you, and again, I'm not the final word, right? Mm-hmm. This is just based on what I can see, based on what I understand, right? Sure. Um, because the, the question that kind of connects to that too, like I, I, I've heard uh, Christians ask like, because Jesus came at a certain time, right? But mm. before that, how did people before that like believe in Jesus, right? Like how, you know what I'm saying? Like True. before he showed up, yeah. what happened to them, right? Mm. And, and the way that we, we talk about it, is um or the way that we understand it because um we studying the bible like it's so cool to see that the gospel or like the the mention of a savior the mention of somebody who's going to come and save mankind um that was as early as genesis Mm. that wasn't even later on right that was as early as like the first account of adam and eve right when they like sinned there was already god mentioned something about a savior who was going to come and save mankind right Mm. um and so 
the, the, the answer to that question for, for those people is in the same way that we're saved by looking back mm-hmm. to Jesus, by understanding what he did, those people were saved by looking forward to it. Forward. Mm-hmm. Right. Like they were like, we know someone's coming. We don't know who he is. It's an mm-hmm. incomplete revelation, whatever it is, you know, like it's incomplete, but I know someone's coming. And I know that this person's coming to save me because I know that I can't save myself. Sure. So could, could you then no, say no. the same about Jews and Muslims who believe in the same Abrahamic God who acknowledge mm. Jesus as a prophet, but do not see him as, as the savior? Yeah, I, I, I think the, the off part there, and this is where like with Jews, that, that's the heartbreaking thing about Jewish people, right? The, the way I've taught, like I, I have a Jewish friend who we've talked to about this, right? And that's the heartbreaking thing is because, again, you believe in all of it, but then the way that God provided, again, the, the assumption is that what we believe is that guy named Jesus Christ, who we all acknowledge existed. You can't deny that he existed at some mm-hmm. point, right? There was a guy named Jesus, and he was here. What we believe as Christians is that guy was literally God in human form, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, that guy was God himself, and he died like he was the Savior, mm-hmm. right? And a Jewish person will say, no, he wasn't. Mm-hmm. But that guy that guy is famously quoted as saying, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, right? Mm. And so, again, if I'm wrong as a Christian, that, that's who I banked my faith upon, <laughs> right? Like, that's, uh, yeah. if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. Like, I'm screwed, right? Like, I'm the yeah. one who's screwed. But that's who I banked my faith upon because based on my study, based on my understanding, the evidence points to the, mm. to the positive, right? That, that, that's the guy. That's sure. the Savior, Right. And I mean, so that's, I wouldn't yeah, say that in that way. I mean, you know, if we assume that God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are all basically the same being, mm. then, you know, banking on one of them is kind of banking on all of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's, I suppose. Put your money in the basket. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I suppose when that day comes where everyone is judged and I'm, you know, put in front of that, then I will be like, well, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Lewis and I would be like questioning why yeah. you're being judged it's this like, way. Wait a second. If I believe in one of you, that's all of you. So yeah. <laughs> let me oh, yeah, in. I'm with you. <laughs> so while we're on this subject, um, how does Yo. baptism play in it for you? Mm. So like you could um, be all of that, but what happens mm. if that person hasn't been baptized? Yeah, so actually, that's where I think Christians and Catholics disagree, right? Mm. Um, one of the ways, one of the many. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, but it, 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 they disagree in the sense that for Christianity, baptism is just an outward kind of expression. It's a proclamation. Of what's, yeah. yeah, it's a proclamation of what's already happened right? So baptism is not necessary for salvation. Mm-hmm. It's not like you can, again, the thief on the cross was not baptized, mm, yeah. right? He, he just died. He, he died there and he's in heaven now with God, according to what Jesus said, right? Um, and so it's not necessary, um, but it is one of those things that, hey, I'm a Christian and so I want to be baptized. If I have the choice, like if I have the ability mm-hmm. to, I, because I subscribe to the law of God and it says baptism is good, then gee, let's do it kind mm-hmm. of thing, you know? So, hmm. yeah. And so I suppose that the opposing view is that for Catholics, if you're not baptized, then your sins are, cannot be forgiven. Yeah. I, suppose. I, I, yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. I think yeah. I, I, I might be wrong about that, but yeah. Yeah. I think in general, in Christianity, it's more of a choice of action mm-hmm. expression, whereas mm-hmm. in Catholicism, it's more of a requirement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
yeah you know i think what's become clear to me in conversations with you justin and with with lance is that you know i'm someone who does believe in god and you know i suppose i have some kind of a a relationship with god but it, it is the catholic institution that it, that mm. you know that, that's been in my life all my life that i really have a problem with mm. and i guess some some scripture um mm. and that's you know for me that's problematic because it, it's like where do i stand on that you know because like on the scale of being between like non-believer and you know either a catholic or a christian whatever you want to label that as you know like where do you stand on that scale because there are mm. there is a large gray area i suppose sure yeah absolutely i i i would you know i, I would say that again it, it's where you guys uh what you guys were talking about right like i think the the act of faith mm. the act of believing in in jesus christ or in in god or in again who who you're what you believe is the truth mm. that is highly personal mm. right that's what we were talking about right like you 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 cannot believe for somebody else. Somebody else yeah. cannot believe for you. It, it, it's, it's, your, it's your belief, right? Um, it gets complicated when it gets corporate, <laughs> yeah, right? When, yeah, it gets, yeah. when it gets big picture. Um, I think, it, unfortunately, too, because so we're, we're actually doing a series right now um, in, our, in, our, in our Bible study um, about authority, mm-hmm. about um god's authority and how he has actually created structures of authority here on earth to reflect his authority over us right Mm -hmm. and we submit to these structures of authority as we submit to god kind of thing like it's in the sense that like i i don't submit to this authority because i because i'm helpless because i must because it's best Mm. i submit to this because god told me to kind Mm. of thing right like I, i but but that's only i submit to this authority as far as it is in line with the word of God, right? Sure. And is, if this authority tells me to do something that is immoral, incorrect, or that does not agree with what God would tell me to do, then, then I go against this authority because God's my authority, not this, right? Mm. Um, so it's that kind of thing. And so we talked about, again, the church, is a, the church is an authority structure that God has put in place, but there are also rules in the Bible for how church ought to be right? Sure. Like it ought to be, it ought to be submissive to the word of God. It ought to be mm. like, it, it, it mentions, um, it talks about church leaders and it tells them to govern kindly and, and fairly and, and in a way that does not exasperate the, the members and all of that stuff, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it has ways that we ought to do it. And so, yeah, it, it, like our goal as living room, that's our Bible study, right? Is, is to be as much as possible, um, an institution that reflects the authority that God has put in place, but we know we're going to mess up, right? Like we're going to, like we're imperfect as well. But that being said too, like, there's a whole lot of history to that Lewis, right? Like the Catholic yeah. church and, and Christianity kind of branching out from that because uh, Martin Luther and all that Martin Luther, um, not Martin Luther King, another yeah, Martin yeah. Luther, right? Like him kind of saying like, y'all aren't doing it right. You're not yeah, going exactly. according I mean, to the word of God. No, you, you know, know so. the, uh, the historical context for anyone who, doesn't know what we're talking about there is um during the reformation mm. the um the church was holding uh, mass and all all of the scripture was uh, read or um uh how do you say this uh uh, uh preached in latin mm-hmm. and mm. 
none of the common folks spoke Latin. So mm-hmm. no one really understood what the fuck was going on. And so mm-hmm. um, the uh, so, so Martin Luther, as uh, I suppose, you know, the founder of the Protestant movement, uh, nailed the uh, translation, I suppose, of the uh, Ten Commandments onto his local church such that all could understand. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's it, it was one of those. I, I think what the way I was taught it and I don't have all the details. I haven't mm-hmm. read up on it a lot, but I, I know that it was also a matter of uh, the way I was taught it was the Catholic Church, because again, it was taught in Latin. So the only ones who truly understood it were the church leaders of the time, right? Yeah. Like the, the heads, the priests of the Catholic Church and all they understood it. But and so the Bible was inaccessible to lay folk, yeah. to normal people who didn't understand it. And so they were relying on the teaching of these priests. Yeah. And so the, the word of the priest was the word of God. Yeah. because they couldn't read the word of God kind of thing. Right. And so Martin Luther being somebody who I think, I believe was a priest as well. He could read the Bible and he read the Bible and something hit him in terms of like, this needs to be for everybody. This needs mm-hmm. to, this is like the way the priests are preaching it now in terms of like, you have to give money to the church and that's your penance for salvation. Tithing. Like, yep. you know, like tithing mm-hmm. is your ticket to heaven. You're buying your place in heaven essentially. Right. And so he, he read that and saw that that was off and all of that. So it, it was more like a, uh, it, it was a it was a a call to come back to what the word of god was actually saying yeah supposedly right? that by the way is one of one of the few practices that i really think are horrible tithing mm-hmm. uh because i i still see that like i see it on a couple memes especially when the pandemic like uh, hit where there were some churches in the States that were still like, you know, even if you're locked out, you still need to like, you know, bring your tithe. I was like, how, how depraved do you have to be as a person to like, <laughs> to like convince someone to buy their ticket into heaven? You know, like yeah, that's yeah. so stupid. Mm-hmm. That yeah. really, like stuff like that really rubs me the wrong way where it's like obvious that they're like abusing their, uh, um, 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 they're church goers <laughs> they mm-hmm, fucking yeah. go like, it's stupid, <laughs> i get you i get you in christianity it's it's tithing still a thing it's not required mm-hmm. it's not required it's more of like a give out of the cheerfulness of your heart give out mm-hmm. of your trust for god as your provider and all of that's that that's different you know? i think so, that that's mm-hmm. perfectly fine if you if, mm-hmm. if you out of the goodness of your heart say i want to give go for yeah. it yeah you know, but if your church sure. requires you to do it yeah. that's stupid <laughs> it's it's exactly it's fine if it's a requirement you can fuck off yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and again that's where we talk about it right that's where it becomes an like for me at least it, it becomes another this is this is the moral standard that you have to hit to be acceptable to god mm. that's where and, and that's where for me that's where you'll you'll constantly just be depressed your whole life because you're never yeah. gonna hit that standard yeah, right exactly. you're never going to and so there's a, there's a sense in which, yes, there is a moral standard and we ought to follow it. It is good it, to uphold society, to, to live the right way. But there are, it's my acknowledgement that I'm, I, I can't hit that fully to the extent mm. that God wants me to. And so I need his help to get me there kind of thing. I get right? what you're saying. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I don't know if that, because we were supposed to talk about heaven and hell. So I don't, <laughs> I'm not sure if it really connects a lot to it, but. Sure, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. So I mean, to like touch on that. Hmm. What do you think is in like like in your opinion actually the correct depiction of heaven, paradise, whatever the hmm. accurate term is, and you know, hell? Hmm. 
Um, yeah, you know, biblically, biblically, it's the number one thing is, is you're going to be with God, mm. right? God, God himself. I think anybody who pictures heaven, if, if you, if you can enjoy yourself in heaven without the thought that you would know God and love him and, and walk with him, you know, and like that, th- that he would be the flagship relationship in your head, mm-hmm. you know, then I think you're missing the point kind mm-hmm. of thing. Right. Like I, I think biblically speaking, heaven is, we will be with our maker. Okay. Um, and we will see him for who he is. We will understand him for who he is. We'll be close to him. And knowing that again, knowing that God is a God of love, of goodness and all of and peace and joy and, and kindness and all of that. Mm. So all the other stuff will come, right? Like all the other stuff is there, right? It, it's, it's a necessary kind of um, overflow of his character, mm-hmm. right? But, but it's him kind of thing, right? Like he, mm-hmm. he's, the, he's the ice cream and the rest is a cherry on top kind of thing, you know? Um, yeah, I, I think back to like Adam and Eve too, the garden that he made, mm-hmm. right? Like he created a garden, said it was good, like, I want you to live in here and I want you to enjoy it and, and like reproduce, you know, mm-hmm. like he legit, he legit said, like fill the earth and said, go have sex, you know, like enjoy mm-hmm. it and, and um, eat the fruits, enjoy the good food, enjoy the, you know, like being there and work. He, he there was work in heaven. We had jobs, mm-hmm. right. We, we, we were supposed to tend the land and grow it and, and all of that, you know, like um, I think the stress came afterwards, right. <laughs> but, but the mm-hmm. work, like the enjoyment of the work and, and, all of that, like that, that's part of it. Um, but I think doing that in full view of who God is and in full view of the knowledge that sin has been defeated and I am who I am created to be, you know, mm. like there's peace in that. So that, that's, that's how I would see heaven. Okay. Mm. Alec, you were, you were going to say something? Yeah, I saw. No, no, I was going to ask you guys a question which would move on to a different point but if we want to continue heaven and hell discussion yeah i mean um kind of just wanted to bring up a point moving on very briefly from heaven and hell and i think it's a question for both of you just because i don't think i actually even had this discussion with you lewis Mm -hmm. um how do you guys view the relationship between love and hate or like love and war Mm -hmm because one thing that's always kind of vexed me in a way is that as humans it seems like a standard for us to achieve peace through violence Mm. like you hear about people of peace creating weapons of destruction all in the name of love because you know they want to or like even soldiers in general i'm not trying to diminish what soldiers do but it's like they're gonna go out kill people all in the name of defending their country Mm. well for me and i suppose it is because of the background that i have in this um the most foolish thing you can do in the pursuit of peace is to give up your ability to wage war because in my opinion, the, the best guarantee to be taken seriously when you come to the table to, to negotiate 
a peace talk is the assurance that the other party knows that if they choose to not come to some kind of a compromise with you that you're that you have the capacity to to inflict the terrible violence upon them because it it, it changes the terms with which you can come to that table and so that that is equally as valid for the most you know high ranking officers or for heads of state and very relevant for the most common soldier because you know obviously as a normal soldier you are trained to kill right that's 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 your job mm -hmm. right but you are trained to kill in a controlled manner which is by the, which is also why for example afghanistan and, and and iraq were such difficult conflicts to partake in as as someone on the ground because it wasn't the rules of engagement weren't clear right but mm. when it comes time to bear arms against a uniformed enemy then you have decided to be there and they have decided to be there and so then provided that you believe that you know the country or the cause you are fighting for is just then i see no problem in inflicting violence upon someone who would try to take away that which you think is just yeah because it's an interesting kind of topic just because like how i view everything else in this world um it's 18 90 gray area mm. and then the mm. rest is sort of black and white right and wrong definitively mm. and it's always kind of like it depends on the situation yeah because on one hand you know if you want peace and kindness you should lead with that but also on the other hand bullies need to know that they can be punished mm. I, mean, I mean let's let's take what's going on in in Ukraine, as an example, if the Ukrainian military was not capable of mustering, largely due to paramilitary units, but like mustering it, a defense force capable of at least hindering the Russian advance, Kiev would have fallen like within the first week mm -hmm. of the invasion. And, you know, the Ukrainian army has not defeated the, uh, the uh, Russian forces, but they have been able to at least repel the attacker and shown the world that you know even such a small military as the ukrainians had and with such a small budget that it that, that it comes down to the fighting spirit that you have uh, obviously some material but um to repel an enemy with the magnitude that the russian forces have you know um and so again there you know people have always said you know the demilitarization of on a global scale is going to be our solution to peace and i disagree because we're never going to find a common consensus and so the most important thing in my opinion to to keep the peace is to prepare for war huh. i i wanted to ask you guys this because the way the way like history classes have always painted it at least when we talk about like the world wars and all and even mm -hmm. this one this current one like with ukraine and russia um if I remember correct, like, can you guys pinpoint a war where, um, Alec, what, like what you were saying, like where it, it was legit a gray area where you could actually see the point in both sides or are most wars that come to mind, like there's one side that's clearly painted as like, yeah, that guy's a bully or he's a bad guy or he's, he's kind of off, if that makes sense. I think in general, because it I think it just depends on how much empathy that you have. Because anyone can really delve into 
a case study of a war and see both sides. Sure, sure. And kind of be not maybe necessarily indifferent, but they can understand mm. why each side is fighting. Right, and right. There are, I believe, a few. I mean, I'm not like a history nerd or anything, but there are a few where it's like, yeah, that's clearly bad. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a Hitler kind of situation, yes. right? Like that, that kind of thought process. Yes. Yeah, um, Nazi Germany comes to mind immediately when someone says, what is a war that was com- completely justifiable against... Mm-hmm. I, I, against the cause very clearly the nazi regime um i think a war that both sides were kind of easy to understand which is fairly fairly recent i suppose was the vietnam war because mm. um it was a rebellion in response to french colonialism right and mm-hmm. the um the pursuit of equality and freedom from a colonizer and then you know you know socialism as as empty as the promises are are uh, is one way to go about you know at least in theory providing equality for an oppressed people right mm-hmm. and the the in, the intervention of the united states in the effort to combat communism in uh, southeast asia which for us as filipinos would have been fucking devastating right <laughs> um, you know both sides have a point there yeah. I suppose. Okay. Okay. That 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 makes sense. I agree with that. I, yeah. I I've always seen war, Alec, as like it. It's it's an unfortunate consequence again of of evil in the world. You know, mm-hmm. like of of an imperfect world. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, in a perfect world, no one would have to die. It, it, I think it because there's so many perspectives, right? Like we. Um, you look at the big picture and war seems necessary. And then you look at a grandmother crying over her child who died because they, they went into the, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that, that's where you're like, okay, wait, I need to double take. I can't say that this was necessary to this person. Right. Like they, they, they won't take that, you know? Um, And so, yeah, like I, I, I do see it as like in, but, but fighting evil or fighting something that I I, I, I'm like standing up for good, mm. like that, that will never go away. You know, yeah. like, I, I don't think that'll ever go. So that kind of a virtue is, is needed. It's necessary. I, yeah, I, yeah, that, I mean, that's as far as I've gotten. I'll just, that's all I'll say. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's difficult because it's, it's a really, really big gray area. Like with most things yeah. in life, isn't it? And I kind of agree. I agree with Lewis in the sense of like, because yeah, I don't think anyone should take away the virtue of being prepared and being willing to fight for what they think is right. Mm. I think that's what everyone should do. I think that's all that we can do, if anything, in this life, right? Um, and I agree with Lewis in the sense of, you know, we should always be prepared. Mm. We shouldn't mm. look for it, but we should be prepared. Exactly, yeah. You know, I suppose to, to to illustrate more clearly the point that Justin made is like, imagine being an American officer during the Second World War fighting in Europe against uh, the fascist regime here in Germany. And one of the soldiers under your command dies in combat and you have to write the letter home to their parents. You can't mm-hmm. justify the war to them, but you yeah. know that it's right. You, you know that what you're doing is right, but there's no way that you can convince that mother that her son died for a good cause. You can't. Because all she sees is... Her dead um, son. son. My son's dead. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. exactly. 
that that's that is the the, the dichotomy that exists in almost everything you know the, <laughs> yeah. there is always a good cause that brings with it some suffering yeah. um and i suppose that fits perfectly into what we were talking about with, there we go with the uh, faith and especially the the uh the the christian faith there for that good cause there is a lot of suffering to bring with it yeah yeah and and i think that's where i would also i guess like this came this came to mind earlier like the things that i the things that i say for example about about hell right when we talk about hell and how people who in my opinion are perfectly good fine you know like by my standard are perfectly good fine great people um, but by God's standard, again, if they have not believed in Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior, if they haven't subscribed to who he is, or if they haven't submitted to him, are like are headed for destruction. Mm. Th- like, that's not something that brings me joy to yep. say, you know, that's not something that makes me happy, you know. Um, but it, and if it's if it assuming it's the truth. That sucks for me, you know, like that, that's not fun for me to to endorse, you know, <laughs> that's not fun for me to tell somebody or, or to believe. Um, sure it's the same thing again like the, like with the good with the good there there are necessary consequences that just it, it, it's it's not fun to swallow right but mm-hmm. i i can't i can't deny a fact if it's in front of me kind of thing you know uh, yeah. again assuming that we're, assuming that that's a fact which i believe it is right so mm. yeah yeah all right i think it's a good place to end yo we went long yeah. and i i, I couldn't <laughs> oh i love it <laughs> <laughs> yeah thanks so much for being on again justin uh yeah, cheers, it's always really a pleasure having you on because mm. the, the discussion is always really fruitful so <laughs> yeah, this is we'll definitely plan on having you on again yeah. i i'm looking forward to it yeah. again these, these are fun these are fun yeah. i enjoy it thanks guys no worries all right, all right.